Uh, it's their launch party for Third Space. It's going to be at the Hop Spot from 5 to 8 p.m. I'm going to be there. Uh, it's open to anybody that's you know in the, the restaurant beer industry. It's a buyer or supplier uh, for craft beer. And so, yeah, I'm going to be there. Um, you can email Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at thirdspacedistro.com. I'll put that in the show notes. But if you think you're going to attend, definitely reach out to them. Uh, because yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Get out there, support a lo- this, you know, support this company that's trying to do great work for craft breweries here in New York State. Um, yeah, well, this is the first podcast here in a couple weeks. We still have a couple interviews. I've got one with John Page coming out soon that we recorded a couple months ago. One with Aaron from Salt City Coffee we recorded a couple months ago. I'm excited to release those, but I recorded this podcast yesterday afternoon with Chad, and I just I wanted to get it out because they have their launch party coming up, and, and I just, it was a fun conversation. It was also easy easy for me to edit and just pop out there real quick, so that's why we're putting it out there uh, ahead of the others. Um, a lot of cool things happening here at Eat Local New York uh, with Nicole and I. We've got Yummy Socials that we just started uh, Instagram account going for there. So if you're a restaurant business owner and you're like, if you want all of those tips and tricks and answers to your questions about social media and content, we put that stuff out over there. And here in the next week or so, we're going to be launching our website, which will have a lot more useful information for that, uh, for all those questions available over there. It's going to be yummysocials.com. So you can check that out. Um, talking with Chad about, you know, yes, in this podcast about him, like kind of growing his businesses and, and what that's like and talking with some other business owners recently. Um, and then, and so those two examples, and then this morning, uh, and I'm going to get to my point here in a second. This morning I was driving around listening to a podcast. I was listening to the comedian Gabriel, uh, Iglesias. Is that his name? Fluffy. He's very well known. And he was talking about his early days in stand-up back in like the the late 90s and how he knew he wanted to be a stand-up comedian, um, but it was a grind. You know, he really had to get out there, as all comedians do. You really have to get out there and just put in a ton of road work uh, into play before you're really even going to think about being known. And... Part of the struggle that he had when he was getting started was um, he had this really phenomenal job, and he was making a ton of money at his job. He's making like $5,000 a week, um, and he couldn't continue to do both. He couldn't continue to work a 9-to-5 job and then go hit up these comedy clubs until 2, 3, 4 in the morning and wake up and go to his job. And so in pursuit of his dream, he decided to quit his job and pursue stand-up comedy full-time. And he just talked a little bit about the struggle. He talked about how that meant that he got to a point where he was evicted from his home and he had to live with his sister or he had to live in his car. And he was constantly running away from the repo man who was trying to repossess his car because he couldn't make the payments. And just talking about, you know, family who, like, even when he was saying in the early days, like, yeah, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian, and they were, they were encouraging it. They were like, yeah, go after it, go chase your dream, go get it. But then when it came time, when the time came that he was getting kicked out of his apartment and having to run away from the repo man, they were like, they weren't in his corner anymore. <laughs> they were like, you need to stop. You need to give up on this. You need to go back to your job. 
who was just talking about the sacrifice that people have to make if you want to get your dream, if you if you want to make your dream come true. And it kind of resonated with me. I was telling Nicole the story the other day, uh, but Nicole thought that I was crazy when I told her the story the other day. And that is, I was, you know, my typical life, and I don't, I don't, I don't say like this is how people should, everyone should live their life if they're trying to accomplish a goal. Um, it's just what I do. And, uh, but you know, I, I work a lot. I'm up usually at, is here at the studio between seven, seven thirty every day working, uh, go home, spend a few hours with, you know, our son and my wife. And then when they all go to bed around eight, I open my computer back up and I put in another two or three hours of work. And the other night I was on my couch. I'd worked for about an hour on a website and I shut my laptop down, I grabbed a beer, and I pull, I opened up my phone and started scrolling through Instagram. And I came across the Instagram feed of two other entrepreneurs in Syracuse who have made it. And by make it, what I mean is they sold their businesses for a shit ton of money and now live uh, in beautiful homes on Skinny Atlas. And one of them had posted a video of the other one who was out on one of those like foil surfboards on Skinny Atlas Lake. Now, my goal with this business is to make enough money to one day have a house on Skinny Atlas Lake. And so when I saw that video, I just immediately felt like shit. I was, and that's not the, their intent, obviously. They were posting a fun video of their friends, you know, doing this foil surfboard. But I immediately, I shouldn't say I felt like shit, but I felt, I was like, it's like, what am I doing? I'm not, I'm not going to bed. Um, I'm not drained. I'm not burnt out. Like I'm not, I don't need this break. I'm going to be up for another hour and a half anyways tonight, just like scrolling on my phone. So I have a goal that I want to, that I want to accomplish. I have a dream that I want to see become a reality. So why am I sitting here wasting an hour on my phone? And I should immediately put my phone down, grab my computer and worked for another hour. Um, I shouldn't call it work. You know, I I, 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 I I was, you know, putting effort into something that I wanted to put effort in. I don't, I don't consider what we do here work. Um, I, I absolutely love everything, all the, all the time and en- energy spent into what we do here at Eat Local New York and Yummy Socials. I love, I don't consider it work. Um, uh, my, I, I've said a lot of times Monday is like my favorite day of the week because I know everybody else is coming off the weekend and they're back to work, which means they're responding to emails and DMs so I can get stuff done again. Um, but anyways, I'm getting off track a little bit. I just wanted to share that. I thought that that was important. I know a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners in our area that I've been talking to over the past like two months who are really, 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 really struggling and starting to get burnt out. And I'm not saying this is true for everyone, I think some people, you know, the burnout is a sign that they need to stop. And I think, you know, for others, burnout is a sign that they need to rest and then get back at it. Um, but I wanted to share that story because I think it's important to remember uh, to constantly put in as much effort as we possibly can to accomplish our goals and to see our dreams become a reality. Um, yeah. All right, and with that, we're going to jump into this week's podcast. It's my conversation with Chad from Third Space Craft Beer Distribution.
the last time you were on, we were talking mainly, you know, drink New York craft. And, you know, since then, now you've got and started third space distribution. Correct. Yeah. So now you're selling it to the consumers and to the restaurants. We're full exposure. That's wild. Yeah. A lot of people I know talk about and ask me, they're like, how does he have that license? Because isn't that like incredibly difficult to have both? Yeah, it's a it's it's called a C license, and it's kind of cool because it enables us to act as both a wholesaler as well as a retailer. So we're act we're acting as two of the three tiers and hmm. the three tier system. The three tier system being wholesalers, <clears throat> I'm sorry, suppliers, wholesalers, then retailers. So we're able yeah. to act as a wholesaler and a retailer. So Drink NY Craft is the direct to consumer, the retailer portion of it. And third space distribution is the wholesale hmm. piece of it. Um, it is a little confusing because those are two different brands, but they are one in the same license, one in the same company. It just enables us to act as, as both. We want to be able to, um, you know, get full exposure as I just, yeah. as I just mentioned. Yeah. It's wild. Well, speaking of beer, you brought some. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, we've got this, uh, one from Big Alice uh, Brewing, which I've never been out to before or had their beers before. But, uh, yeah, excited to jump into this one. A little Pilsner. Big Alice actually started in Long Island City, which is uh, the, the Alice, the A-L-I-C, Long Island City. Um, they uh, started out there, and they actually just opened up a production facility in Geneva. So yeah. uh, these guys are flying under the radar and in my opinion, and with this new production facility, they're going to be able to, to make product and actually get it out there. They're not just mm. a tasting room anymore. So uh, we are excited to have these guys and you know get them get them out into the masses. So that's awesome. If you see it out there, yeah, get after it because it's really good. Yeah, this is a great beer. I just had a couple sips, and yeah, it's solid for sure. Mm. So, what's it been like? Well, so you've had the direct to consumer for what two years now. It's been about a year and a half, yeah. Year and a half, and I mean, how's that been going? Like, how, how's the how's the marketplace in New York uh, accepted that? It's going well. So uh, it, we we basically ship all over New York State. So our you know target consumer is pretty much anyone with a New York State address. So it's it's pretty extensive, uh, and with that comes a lot of things like digital marketing. So uh, mm. I'm not a digital marketer. So uh, <laughs> I think we could improve upon our you know message that that goes out there but it's been well received you know yeah. those those customers that do know who we are they they come back for more um and you know we do have a solid core customer um i would like to see sales a little better but you know yeah. right now it is it is doing pretty well uh it enables us to you know kind of get the foot in the door for a lot of the suppliers that were you know hoping that come on for third space as well it's kind of uh you know an easy avenue for a brewery like say big alice to kind of hey let's just try this d2c thing and then they get a relationship with us. They see that we can move beer for them. They get to know, you know, my, me and my team a little more. And then, you know, maybe they're down for the, what I call traditional retail. So um, it's 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 dual purpose for our for our business. And so far, so good. Hey, I want to take a minute and talk about our sponsor this week, and that is Brown Carbonic. Brown Carbonic has been a sponsor now on the podcast for the past couple months, and it's been such a pleasure to work with Sean and the crew over there. The tagline is that they put the fizz in your biz, and I don't think if uh, you know any truer words have ever been spoken. Uh, they do everything that you could need when it comes to the beverage industry, from uh, providing ice and ice machines and dish machines, but really specifically if you're in the craft beer industry, if you're a local brewery, if you have a draft beer system, 
and you're looking for nitrogen, CO2, then they have you covered. If you are a restaurant, bar, whatever, and you have soda and you're looking for an alternative to the two big companies that charge too much, then they have Challenger Cola, which is craft sodas and beverages that they make. And I got to say, the Shucks Root Beer, maybe my favorite drink that's ever existed that's a soda. Uh, anyways, reach out to the crew over at Brown Carbonic. You can give them a call at 315-454-3591. Again, that's 315-454-3591. Let them know that you heard about them right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. But in all seriousness, it's a local family-owned business, multi-generational, that's been operating here in Syracuse for so many years. And, um, yeah, I can't think of a better company to work with than than that local family-owned company. So, Reach out to them and let them know that you heard about them here on the podcast. And with that, let's get back to the conversation with Chad. So uh, what what side of the business do you like better? Do you like the direct-to-consumer or do you like more of the distribution? That's an interesting question. I've never been asked that before. I would maybe uh, put on the spot here, I'd probably say the D2C, probably hmm. Drink NY Craft. It kind of uh, brings me back to my roots. I got my degree back in the day in computer science, and I used to build websites, e-commerce websites, for hmm. larger corporations. And at one point, I even sold spring break packages to high school and college kids. Uh, <laughs> I was at studentcity.com, I think that was. Uh, so it was it, it, it kind of brings me back. So it's, my, my career's kind of gone full circle uh, with you know being on the website of things, I, I started a hop farm and now we're doing the um, distribution. So the website mm -hmm. kind of brings it full circle. So that's, you know, I guess what I'm good at. That's, that's my wheelhouse. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's been, it's been fun, but, yeah. but both are provide unique challenges and they're completely different. They're two completely different businesses, which is why mm -hmm. we branded them yeah. separately. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the the dis, the distribution side of things is to me seems like the most exciting, just because um, I don't know. It feels like an easier sale, you know, yeah. to like go out there and sell a somebody like a restaurant or a bar to bring on, you know, more unique craft breweries um, because I feel like they're they're more inclined to be like, yeah, sure, I'll take a, a keg or I'll you know I'll add that tap handle for a little bit because um, you know they have to commit to like what thirty beers, right? So. Yeah. At the minimum, um, I don't know. I think that, that to me that seems like an easier sale than it does uh, trying to sell somebody like a you know a twelve pack or a four pack yeah. or something like that. Well, it's actually singles. So when you're when you're oh, shopping really? at DNYC, a lot of people buy singles. They'll come on their first time. They'll pick out a couple singles. You know, they'll they'll, they'll try this big Alice Pills and mm. you know twenty other beers, and then when they come back, they pick and choose those ones that they actually hmm. like they actually buy more so uh it's it's single so yeah okay. it's uh it's yeah. the the volume is not necessarily there so yeah. uh with the with the traditional retail um there's definitely more volume there's hmm. there's more potential for the for the business there but i do think the ddc side is important not only for the relationships but just to build awareness and just to get the beers out i mean our our main goal is really to get new yorkers to drink more New York beer. That's yeah. really what our main focus is. And we really need both of those channels to, to be able to accomplish that. Do you have like a, have you developed this like exceptional relationship with the New York state brewers association? Is yeah. That, is yeah. that like really We've been working with them a lot? Uh, I, I don't know if I go as far as calling us official partners, but, uh, we do, 
work with each other a lot. Um, I think it's a match made in heaven, to be honest with you, because uh, they have a huge following. They have people that are really engaged in New York State craft beer, and we have the exact same missions, like to get New Yorkers to drink more New York beer. That is both of our missions. So hmm. um, we're still trying to figure out what it is, you know, the the overlap. I think, you know, the Brewers Association will be doing like a Christmas box and things like that that mm. we'll be able to do for them. That's cool. Uh, so we're still trying to figure out that whole, uh, you know, relationship but yes they, they've been super supportive of us uh we hope we've been super supportive mm. of them uh I, I i go to the new york state uh yeah craft brewers conference every single year um so i try to support them as much as possible i you know shop with their their allies uh you know it's 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 a it's a it's a match made in heaven yeah really yeah that's cool it's um yeah i mean the, the craft beer industry to me is really interesting obviously i work with work for Willow Rock and you know we've got a lot of local breweries that are on the local New York card and few in Rochester and here in Syracuse and it's such a it's such an interesting industry to me because it feels like um I, I don't see any of the marketing ever and even like the stuff that we do to stay on brand for Willow Rock none of it's really ever like party culture mm-hmm. and not that it's not that you're like you should be constantly trying to advertise to the you know, sororities and fraternities and that kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, hey, come get blackout with Congress. <laughs> yeah. um, but none of it really ever talks about, hey, this is a product that you're going to get drunk with. I was thinking about that this week with, like, because Flintstone just opened up. Mm-hmm. And, like, how do they advertise? Because you know, right. you know, you're consuming right. marijuana, something that unless you're taking very small quantities of, you're going to get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Flintstone. Right. Yeah. So how do you, like, how do they, you know, so I've just noticed that with, like, craft breweries. None of them really talk about, hey, come have four of our beers and well, that's, sleep easier. That's probably a good thing, but uh, we don't ever want to really promote drunkenness. But for, sure. uh, for me, it's really flavor, you know, and, and today your your listeners don't know this, but it's really nice and hot outside. So I brought a bunch of nice, light, yeah. drinkable beer. So this one, uh, what is the ABV in this? 5.8. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. Yeah, 5.8. 5.8. 5.6, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, for for me, it's flavor. You know, you always yeah. get those double IPAs. You know, you get the, you know, actually Willow Rock has a... I know. 20% uh, yeah, they have barley that. wine. So uh, there there are the occasional persons that come out and they say, hey, what's your highest ABV? You know, and we can say, oh, Willow Rock 20%. They can go <laughs> home with one of those. But, um, you know, for the for the, for the the most part, it's really just the, what we do. Our marketing message is just, you know, this is local. Your your dollars are staying local. Yeah. Uh, this It's flavorful beer. You know, if, if you, this whole Bud Light debacle that's going on right now. There's a lot of market potential for nice light beers like uh yeah. like 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 these. So mm-hmm. those are more of more of our messages as opposed to get hammered. But uh there are <laughs> everyone you get all types, man. You get all types. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Nicole and I were just up there trying their spooky canoe release at Willow Rock, which is a seven percent double IPA. And wow, okay. uh I can't take that those beers any anymore, you yeah. know, uh, as I'm getting older. I just you know they're well sixteen ounce is good for, for two, you know? Like yeah. they're 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 great, but you can you can split it for two, you know. That, yeah. that's what I like doing, especially with those with those larger ones. You get a nice taste, you can have a few of them and still make it home that night. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what made you want to jump in? I mean, I know that, you know, you had, a, you have, or had a hop farm. Uh, you still have that, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We are, we are stringing. In fact, uh, I got off the phone right before we got on the air here trying to figure out how we're going to spray our plants today. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so what made you want to get into this side of things? I mean, I, I understand, you know, it's, it's not too far of a leap, but, oh. you know, jumping into distribution especially is is quite a debacle. It was a natural progression. So uh, when I moved to Central New York, I was doing web development, as I, as I mentioned. I was a computer geek. I, I came here. Uh, there wasn't really a a lot of good jobs. This is what, 12 years ago now. So, um, there weren't a lot of computer jobs around here. Now there are, there are more, but back then there was pretty much nothing. Like I could build a website for mom and pop down the street, you know, and it was, that's just mind numbingly boring. So, um, I needed a career change. So I was like, well, what do people in central New York do? Uh, people in central New York have farms. Oh, there's a lot of agriculture here. A lot of, a lot of dairy. And, uh, I'm not going to start a dairy farm because there's, you know, many of them and their multi-million dollar companies with thousands of heads of cattle. Like, right. nah, I'm like, well, I really like beer. So, uh, let's try our, our hand at hops. And back then, you know, and this is 2013, I'm going back, uh, there was some legislation passed that really, uh, you know, encouraged the growth of, uh, New York ingredients and, and, and hop farms. And, and by the way, this New York pills right here is hundred percent New York ingredients. So oh, wow. like things like this are the product mm. of, of that, legislation. So we kind of jumped on board with that. Uh, I started to hop, uh, you know, a, a small farm. We were living on about a four acre property. I planted about 50 plants, um, mm. you know, with like a proper trellis that seemed to work well. I really liked it. So we wrote mm. a business plan, uh, to go a little larger. We, we built a whole hop processing, processing facility. We moved to a property with 140 acres. We mm. don't have 140 acres of hops, but, uh, there's the potential. Um, and kind of scaled that out a little bit. Um, and it's through those relationships with, the, with those brewers that really opened my eyes up to the problems in distribution. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily work for all of the breweries, uh, especially the little ones. You know, they, they uh, have problems getting out in the market. You know, a lot of them, their business models are, especially pre-COVID, selling beers over their tap room. Uh, those are, those are their best margins, but it, you can only get so far with that. That's, yeah. that's a lifestyle business. So if you want to, you know, grow up and, you know, be a little larger than that, then you're going to have to eventually get out into distribution. So through all my friends that, that are brewers, they started hmm. telling me about stories, you know, I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's kind of fucked up, man. It's <laughs> like, uh, I can't believe that's going down. So, um, I thought there was something there and, I'm like, well, I'm just a hop farmer. I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to supply them, uh, you know, their, their hops. And then I started in the back, like, well, if, if I can sell more beer for them, they'll buy more hops for me. That was the original idea. Um, I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, there's, there's maybe something here. And then, and then COVID hit, and that changed everything. So hmm. uh, it really presented a bunch of opportunities. A lot of people were like, well, let's sit back and hold and see what happens. We're like, we need to go full forward. Like, let's do this. And yeah. People are buying everything online, so I'm like, this is perfect. Like, mm. I, I know e-commerce, I know this, so let's let's do it. Um, so I, I already I already started the business plan prior to COVID, but that really accelerated everything. Uh, I don't think it, it back in 2020, I was 100 percent prepared uh, to actually launch it, but because of COVID, we just my wife mm. encouraged me to kind of go out and do it anyway, um, and we led with. Drink NY Craft, which is about a year and a half ago now. Um, and the traditional retail has been about six months ago. So we, mm. it, it took us a little more to get to that point. But um, it was really a, a progression that breweries kind of presented a need, you know, and, and, uh, mm. and I think it's still a really big need. And uh, that's something that we're, that we're trying to do for them and the beer community. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I don't know if you're running into a lot of them, but I am more recently, and that is a lot of craft breweries are suffering so much right now and have been for the last, you know, five, six, seven months. Um, are you seeing that anywhere? Are you seeing that outside of like our immediate area? Are you seeing that in like Rochester or anywhere else that you're connected? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much countrywide. Um, there's, you know, supply chain issues. There was aluminum issues. There's CO2 issues. I mean, I feel really bad for a lot of these guys because they're up against a lot. And, uh, you know, there's, some people say that we haven't fully recovered from COVID. People aren't necessarily going back out that, that, that used to. So I see that a lot. And I think that's more of a need for us as well. You know, it's like if, if, if your business model relied a hundred percent on selling pints over your bar and your, your patrons aren't necessarily coming back, you're going to need additional channels, uh, to sell your product. So that's kind of what we're, we're offering. So, um, yeah, it's 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 hard. Uh, I at one point thought about doing a brewery. Um, you know, we have we have some good land. It would be fun for people to come out there. Kind of a destination thing. But there's 538 breweries in <laughs> New York State right now. You know, it's like how do you how do you stand out? So um, yeah. you you really need number one. You really need excellent liquid. So mm-hmm. uh, once you get there, then you can do a little marketing. Like it keep 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 your bar tap room thing. But you need additional channels on, on top of that. And, yeah. uh, I was definitely seeing that and that definitely played into the factor for us opening up our doors. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like breweries either have to be tiny or they have to be huge. Mm. You know, there's not really much space for the middle, the middle of the road, middle sized brewery. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't just, I don't see many people that really care a whole heck of a lot to say, you know what? I really want that brand's pale ale. I'm going to go drive out of my way, inconvenience myself, and go hang out at that place just because they have the one pale ale that I want. I feel like people in general, they just go out and drink. Enough restaurants and bars carry such a wide variety of beers nowadays that you can pretty much go anywhere and find just about any flavor or you know any style that you want. Even if it's not your preferred brand, it's still, it'll do. And yeah, and I think there's, I think just a lot of the craft breweries have, 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 you know, kind of opened thinking we're going to create our fans who are going to love our beer and our beer only, and they're going to show up here. And there's just not enough of those people that exist. You hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, that's exactly what we're doing. We are bridging the gap between local and regional. So, uh, I, that's exactly what I recognize. There's, there's no one in the middle. You're mm-hmm. either small or you're really big. And like, well, why is that? Cause yeah. the little guy can't just get out and just start, go from two barrels to 60 barrels overnight. That's mm-hmm. a ma- major capital investment. And even if they did, they're going to want to start to self-distribute and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, then you're a distribution company and, you know, you take my word from it. That's very hard <laughs> to start a distribution company. So, uh, there's, there's a huge gap in the middle and that's exactly the role we're trying to fill. You know, with that 538 breweries in New York State right now, it's that's the long tail. So we're mm. we're taking that that mm. long tail. We're going to help that mom and pop those those lifestyle businesses, and we're going to help them grow. Um, and uh, if if you have statewide ambitions, if you have countrywide ambitions, you need to start small and kind of and kind of grow up from there. So we're creating a niche that didn't really exist before. There are large corporate 
distribution companies that do a really great job. They're, you know, if, if you're one of these smaller producers and you're able to feed these guys and actually get your products mm-hmm. out there, awesome. But there's a lot that can't and, and don't have the means. So that's, that's a recommend. Mm-hmm. So we're not here to take over large distribution and, you know, change the world. We're, we're, we're here to fill a niche that hasn't been there before. So mm. uh, if a brewery comes on to us and we help them grow from, you know, lifestyle business to big boy business, and now you are the next dogfish head and, and you outgrow us, and we need to now give your brand over to one of the larger corporate distribution companies, great. Like mm. that, is, that is awesome. Like that's, that was our goal. So uh, that we would not be upset about that at all. We wouldn't try to hold on to them and hoard them and be like, no, you're ours. You know, yeah. we need to, so you are grown up now and it's time to set you free. So that's, mm. that's kind of our goal, um, I think, is to kind of help grow these smaller breweries into something much larger so that they can exist on their own. Yeah. Yeah, large distribution can suck because, you know, you can get tied in. You either become, even even if you're their local craft push, you're still tied into the world of all the mega billion trillion dollar companies that are giving them an, an immense amount of money. Um, so you're not going to be, you know, first fiddle by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and so you wind up just getting hidden, you know, mm-hmm. or they don't carry the freshest product or whatever the case is. Um, or you have to sign some crazy contracts, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I've heard the horror stories over the years of large, uh, of what, it, what it's like for a small local brewery to work with a large dis- distributor. And I've never heard really great things about it. I just, I just imagine, you know, like, you know, you start out as like a home brewer, you and your buddy start brewing all your, all your friends talk, oh, you guys make great beer. You should go commercial. <laughs> like, okay. And then, and then you start a brewery and you get a little momentum. People come into your tap room. And you're like, okay, we need to take the next step and get into distribution. And you go into a large corporate distribution, you go into a big oak room, like people smoking cigars and, you know, three-piece suits, you know, things like that. And it's like, well, we're a little bit out of our element here, you know. So I think third space is a little more approachable maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we started as a hop farm. You know, some some people have heard of us before, so I think that kind of helps us. Um, but, but yeah, I, I've heard the horror stories too. And that's exactly why I started this. Like mm. these guys don't have any other options. This mm. is it. Like you either go with one of these, one of these big guys or you do it yourself yeah. and doing it yourself. You need time, you need resources, you need money. Uh, and, and that's just very hard. So, uh, you know, mm. collectively we're a lot stronger. So again, the long tail, you, you know, and, and if, if you're in a large corporate distribution portfolio, you might get lost. Um, you know, they have a, Mm -hmm. they have a quota and they have numbers that they need to meet with their, you know, Bud and, you know, Coors Miller, whoever it is, uh, where we don't have that. We don't have any of that. So we, if you're a brand and you're doing really well in our portfolio, you're, you're going to be up top, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be second fiddle to Budweiser. So, uh, I think that's, that's the main difference between us and Hmm. what they're doing. Yeah. What's been the, what are some of the bigger challenges that you face with the distribution company? Most of it has been, um, we, we carry brands that people haven't heard of before, you, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, we go into a restaurant and they're like, yeah, we love local. We love, we love craft. We're like, Hey, here, here are, here's our portfolio. We have all these brands. And I'm like, well, I've never heard of any of these brands before. Mm-hmm. Uh, our response to that is exactly, you yeah. know, do you want to carry the fiddlehead and 
the sloop juice like everybody else in town. You know, you get the same beers wherever you go. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the other reasons why I start this. It was the same beers wherever you go. So hmm. uh, if, if do you want an alternative? You know, do you want something that's a little a little different? You know, and maybe it's even better. You yeah. know, one of our brands, old old Clavrack Brewing Company, uh, out of the Hudson Valley, just won first place in the hazy juicy category. Hmm. They beat Sloop. So wow. uh, yeah, it was a blind. You know. Um, Hmm. Freshly judged contest. So these, awesome. these breweries do really well and they're making really good beer. So hmm. do you want the same old, same old, or do you want something a little, a little different? You want to stand out above in the crowd, uh, then, then come with us. So that's kind of been the selling point. But, hmm. uh, a lot of it was like, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know any of these guys. I'm not really sure who they are. So, hmm. uh, we have a 92% return rate. So if a, if a particular, uh, you know, bar restaurant actually buys from us, 92% of the time, they're going to place a second order. So awesome. I think that's a really good showcase of that we have some really good beer. So if people actually give us a try, you yeah. know, we'll go in there with samples. You mm. know, a lot of times, like, well, I don't know beer. I don't, I don't like beer. Well, find someone that does, you know, please. Uh, but that's been probably the biggest hurdle is, mm. you know, the brands we have are, are, are unknown. But uh, that's also our niche, you know. It's, yeah. Let's rise these guys to the top. Yeah. I learned last year because I was a, I'm a partner um, at the bar out of Abbott Farms, and so last year was the first year doing it, and I bartended, you know, every day. We were, we were only open on the weekend, weekend nights, and I brought in a ton of craft beer out there in cans to just be stocked in the in their you know customer you know reach in fridge. Thinking like, hey, there's not really anybody else out there in the Beeville area doing it. So if I bring in 50 different, you know, brands, I'll probably, you know, we'll get known for it. I'll sell a shit ton of to-go beer. Well, that never happened. And uh, um, but what I did learn from it is if if the if I have a story for the brewery, I can sell it. Yeah. And the one beer, Absolutely. even though it was the most expensive, but the one beer I could sell no matter what was Underground Beer Lab. Mm. Every single time somebody would be like, what's this one? It's a nine dollar can, <laughs> and because uh, they're because they're expensive, but you know uh, the story every single time was they had like they're hard to get. They don't produce a lot every single week, and they're some of the best you know IPAs that you're gonna get out of anybody in Syracuse. Great, I'll take it. If I had a story for for the beer, I could sell it no matter what. Absolutely. And so I found we were talking a little bit about this with like Rockney and Kevin, and that is. Um, breweries that focus on specific styles versus breweries that just kind of make anything and everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, it, it's uh, – the Underground Beer Lab is an interesting one. They're almost taking after the model of, say, like the Alchemist and Hetty Topper where, you know, it's it's rare. So you got to mm. get it while it's hot, you know, and and that, and that works. You know, supply and demand, that's a yeah. perfect example of it. But you're – getting back to the story, you're – you're absolutely right, and every brewery has its story. So, mm-hmm. so it's our job as a distributor to actually tell that tell that story and actually make that sale. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of them out there. There's there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of noise. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, the liquid really shows for itself. So, what I do when I go into a place like similar to your situation where um, you have uh, you know a place where you have a lot of beers that maybe people haven't seen before mm. sample. I don't know if you're able to do that, but sample yeah. people's, Oh, I like this. I'm going to buy it now or sell individuals. Like a lot of our yeah. retail stores are selling a four pack. Like, do I want to spend $20 on this, on this, you know, Willow or this big Alice 
Pilsner that I've that I've never seen before. Maybe not. I don't yeah. know about you, but I have a bunch of three packs shoved into the back of my beer fridge that have been there for a really <laughs> long time. Still, still singles, you know. So people come in. That's what we do on our website. Yeah. Hey, I I like this, and the next time they come in the door, they're going to buy more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I love the the bar world. Um, on the liquor side and on the beer side, uh, it's it is a lot of fun, and. Yeah, it's like um, I like that almost better than food. Yeah. Um, but it is challenging, you know. Even out there, like it's it's not a craft customer out there by any stretch of the imagination. And even a lot of people, I'm surprised how many of them have never who show up out there have never heard of Utica Club. And we've got that on. It's like the only beer that we have on draft out there because wow. it'll last forever. <laughs> and um, and people are sh- people will show up and it's, they're like. Oh, what's that? Utica Club. I've never heard of that before. It's like you've never heard of Utica Club. I'm yeah. like, well, that's local craft beer at yeah. its finest. Um, this kind of sounds like our uh, – we sell at the Syracuse Regional Market. So every Saturday mm-hmm. we're there. We have a little booth there, and, and we you know sample and sell. Um, and that's not necessarily our target demographic, but I love going there because the people that show up, they're, they're just kind of – they're walking by. They're getting their fruits and their vegetables. They're kind of, oh, hey, look beer you know yeah. like let's go there's some samples let's go sample and they come in there you know and they sip it like oh this is really good you know and they end yeah. up going home with a four pack or an eight pack whatever it is but uh you get a lot of honest feedback because so yeah. on our website we get a very specific crowd uh these are these are beer geeks they are coming onto the site and they know exactly what they want they know exactly mm. uh you know what to expect in a certain style or, or whatnot mm. and they're Super critical. You you go to the Syracuse Regional Market, and they could you know one person comes up, they try beer. Oh, this is terrible! And the <laughs> next person comes up, this is the best beer I've ever had. <laughs> and so you get you know honest opinions, and I I love it because it kind of gives me a feel for the general public and yeah. what they actually want. So you you probably experience a similar yeah you know demographic coming coming out to the farms as as I do at the market. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I carry Leaf out there for hard seltzer and cans because they have a farm license, so uh, there's only so much that you can get. And, uh, yeah, so we carry Leaf, and there's four or five customers out there that I, I couldn't pay them to drink a can of Leaf. Yeah. Um, now, but, then, but they all want either – White Claw or Mike's Hard Seltzers or whatever the, the national brand is, and they're always asking for that. Um, and I think, I think you know, you know, and we were talking a little bit earlier about craft breweries that are struggling in New York across the country, but you know, specifically here in Central New York, they need to be more approachable. They have yeah. to like it, it, it. There is not a large enough audience that cares enough about craft beer. They care about alcohol they care about drinking beer or hard seltzer or whatever the case is but they genuinely do not care enough about craft beer or where it comes from yeah and and that's kind of where we're that's where we come in you know we kind of need to raise awareness you know mm. so um when we're when the beer geeks come to our website and they know exactly what they want you know they're going to go to their ipa category and get whatever they need but our job is also we have an educational aspect, you know, it's like, well, what are you doing? Like, why should I buy from you and not the, 
you know, downtown, uh, you know, the yeah. mom and pop shop down, down the street for, you know, uh, Colorado beer. So mm-hmm. we, we need to be able to educate, uh, the consumers on, you know, local dollars, keeping your dollars local. Uh, but also, you know, just here's the story, you know, it, it comes back to the story. This is big Alice's story. This is rock story. This is, you know, whomever else story and, and being able to get the consumer to think about what they're actually doing with their dollars and, mm. um, and mm. to be able to raise New York beer, uh, is kind of our main goal. So let me, let me throw out a couple numbers at you if I can do this yeah. right now. Um, 4% of New Yorkers drink New York beer, uh, where the countrywide average is about 13.1. So, um, hmm. We are way behind. We have the second most breweries in the entire country. 13% of the U.S. population drinks New York beer? No, sorry. Uh, th- so if you go to, say, uh, on, on average, each state gotcha, has yeah. 13.1%. So you go to or- Oregon, it's like 28 or something like that. You go to Vermont, it's like hmm. 12. I, I'm just kind of yeah. making up numbers now. But New York is four. So we're hmm. way behind. So uh, the national app is, is for their state to consume their own beers is... 13.1. Mm. So if we were able to go from four to say 14, like that is a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, and that's sure. going to stay here in the state. It's going to, it's going to help New York. It's going to help everybody. It's going to help these little guys. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's, that's kind of our mission to kind of do that kind of thing. And that, and that takes education. It takes, yeah. uh, you know, educating the, the consumer and that's hard, you know? Uh, so at the, we do it one person at a time at the regional market and hopefully drink NY craft kind of helps too. You know, we educate a lot. I, th- I think we could do a better job. Um, and I, you know, have a lot of ambitious plans for the, for the website to kind of be more than just a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we want to provide content, we want to provide information and things like that. And I think that will start moving the needle, but mm-hmm. our mission is to get New Yorkers to drink more New York beer. If we could move that 4% up to 10 yeah. in the next couple of years, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there aren't many really New York brands that do that have ever been as hyped as much as like some of the other ones. You know, I mean, I think of like the specific beers of like Hetty Topper. You know, Vermont. Yeah. I mean, even today, even to this day, it's such a massive deal. It's really not that big of a deal to get a Hetty Topper any longer. But yeah. restaurants and you know bottle shops and all that kind of stuff still like if they're going to make a post about beer, it's going to be about the time that you know the five times a year they get Hetty Topper. Brand recognition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and who's to say, I mean, is Hetty Topper, it was, it was one of the first New England style IPAs. I mean, they basically built the entire category yeah. and they were the first ones to do the, you know, kind of in, yeah. in the can too. That was like, wait, what is this hazy thing? What is it? No, that's, that's an off. Yeah. That's an off thing. Like, no. And that, wait, wait, it's in a can. Right. So they created an entire new category. They were in the right place at the right time. But, uh, in my opinion, you know, underground beer lab, you know, uh, yeah. all these places are making beers that are just as good, if not better than, right. than Hetty Topper. Yeah. Nicole and I were talking about this earlier in the car today, actually. And we were talking about like craft beer in, in our area and why it's, you know, deteriorating. And I was saying the only one that's really doing an exceptional job who I think has as like has a great um, uh, vibe about it or uh I'm blanking on the word, uh, where they can post something and people will just go crazy is, um, prison city. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and her, her question was, well, what are they doing? That's so different and why, 
<laughs> you know. And and again, I think Prison City, you, you know, they they were at the right place at the right time. I think they won an award, and I'm forgetting which one it is now. Uh, but they they were one of the first hazies to mm-hmm. win an award in New York State. It's like, oh, what is this Prison City? So then. Uh, you know, Auburn became a destination, is which where they where they had their tap room. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I I love their beer. You know, it's it's uh, very good stuff, and mm-hmm. and you know, right place, right time, right story, uh, yeah. right environment, and anyone can flourish. I mean, lots of people are making good New England style IPAs now nowadays. Yeah, I tend to find myself going back towards you know something like this a little I know. more, but yeah, that's just me. Yeah, especially as I get older, I'm the same. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the biggest challenges for Third Space is really just kind of getting out there and, and kind of selling the the restaurant or the bar owner on, hey, bring on this brand that you haven't heard of before. Um, I mean, and I, I know there's a fair amount. Well, in in our immediate area, the other there's obviously the two big distributors, but and there's um, is it McGrath, McGrath, what what's McGrath? They're, McGrath. They're, they're a TJ Sheen company. Oh, they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So really, it's you. Is that you know pretty much the way? They are? Well, um, I mean, in Onondaga County, there's there's us and basically TJ Sheehan. Um, so there, well, there there are others too. I mean, others kind of everyone kind of yeah. folds in different ways. But uh, the those are the two big choices in this area that yeah. before us. So, yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're up against the big guys. I mean, they've been in business yeah. forever. It's kind of a David and Goliath. Type story, yeah. um, but it's it's something we're ready to take on. I we're we're more of a you know a, a mission based company. You know mm. we're not uh, we're we're not, we're not we're not out there to change the world, but we're very passionate about this. And you know mm. it's just get New Yorkers to drink more New York beer. You know it's mm. it's very simple. It's very easy, um, and I think people can get behind it. People are getting behind it. Yeah, uh, we just need to blast it out. Yeah. Well, for if there if a craft, well, I'd imagine you probably don't have too much issue with uh, supply of beer. I'd imagine you know the, a lot of the local breweries are probably trying to flock to you and get as much of their beer in your hands as possible. We've we've had some some you know people do reach out to us. the The issue is not on the supplier side. The bottleneck is more on the uh, retailer side. As, as as I was saying, they don't necessarily know who we are. They don't necessarily know the brands, but. Um, people are flocking to us. The one problem we do have, though, is sometimes uh, these little guys don't have enough capacity. Underground Beer Lab is a good example. I mean, we don't we don't distribute them uh, in traditional retail, but if we did, mm-hmm. I mean, they're a two-barrel system. They yeah. are working on that, but um, I don't think they would be able to, you know, meet the demand. So uh, yeah. sometimes we run out of beer, yeah. and that's and that's not good. You know, as a as a distributor, you never want to run out of beer. Um, but also these are one-offs too. So like, is this your flagship? Is this your one-off? You know, get it, get it before it's gone. So we're, we're in a niche where it's a little different. So, you know, it's, it's not like we're going to get a dedicated tap line of say an Oktoberfest, you know, like these are, these are, these these breweries are doing one-offs, but, um, it's more of the telling the story of that, particular brand you know this is this is this particular brewery this is what they're doing you know they make this really good flagship we will have this year round and here are here's some other ones but sometimes volume is an issue hmm. yeah so if a restaurant owner bar owner somebody is listening and they want to you know get into contact and open an account and buy beer how do they do that yeah third space distro 
Com, uh, is the is the email address. There's a little thing on there that you can you know go to, but um, uh, they can always get in, get in touch with me, Chad at thirdspacedistro.com. Uh, yeah, we're we're here to service everybody, man. We're we're pretty excited to get all the beers out. Awesome. Well, Chad, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And anybody who is listening. Uh, reach out to Third Space and uh, support local. Pick up all that New York State craft beer and get it on your tap line. New York. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thanks. Thanks, Anthony. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure that you hit subscribe whatever platform you're listening to this on. You can also find the video version over on our YouTube channel. And again, reach out. I'm going to be there on Monday at the uh, Third Space launch party. So definitely think about stopping by, whether it's just to say hi to me or whether it's to get out there and support Third Space craft beer distribution. But again, it's Monday, 5 to 8 p.m. You can RSVP by emailing Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at thirdspacedistro.com. And that's all we got for you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're going to catch you back here next week for a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Mm-hmm.